This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Talk to me, sleep. I sipped my coffee, desperately trying not to stare at the plain gray cubicle walls, but instead focus on the postcard of Hawaii. It was pinned to the center of my cork board. I only needed another $962, and I could go on my dream vacation. The card depicted a white sandy beach, stretching out to touch the bluest of waters. A palm tree hung lazily over the shoreline, where a hammock swung a couple feet above the surface. I could see myself in that hammock, sipping a Mai Tai as my foot trailed in the water. Not a care in the world. Almost there, I whispered under my breath. I had been saving for over a year now. To do the vacation right, I needed about eight grand. So close now I could taste the rum and pineapple. It would be the ultimate fruit of my labor at a dead-end job, making all the hours spent decaying in a cubicle worth it. Greg? I jolted from my daydream, spilling a bit of coffee on my tie. Oh, hello, sir. What can I do for you? I stammered out wiping my tie with a tissue. Yeah, I need those reports before noon. The board meeting is at one, and I'd like to go over them before everything is presented, my boss said, his eyes threatening. Oh, sure, sure, I can get those to you. They're, uh, they're done, actually. I just need to polish them up real quick, and I'll have them over to you. Make sure that you do. I gave him a thumbs up, and then the middle finger behind his back as he spun around. Smug prick. I spent countless hours making him look good in meetings. The least he could do was say thank you. I turned to my computer and began furiously typing away, summarizing the quarterly profits and future projections, inserting pie charts displaying capital gains versus man hours. You know, the works. Truth be told, the reports weren't done, not even close. But I made my mark and finished them in time. I dropped them off to Chris, and again, there was no gratitude, only a grunt. I just want to choke him, just until his face turns blue, just for a little while. I muttered to myself as I grabbed a coned cup of water from the cooler. When I got back to my desk, I noticed a little icon in the taskbar jumping. It wasn't a program I'd used before. I double-clicked the dancing icon, and a chat window came up. It looked suspiciously like a command prompt, but it wasn't. Would you really like to? It read. Huh, weird. I probably shouldn't respond. It could be someone trying to steal my information, but I did anyway. It had piqued my curiosity, and sadly, it was probably the only excitement I'd get all week. Would I really like to what? I replied. Choke your boss, you know just until his face turned blue, just for a little while. My heart sunk into the pit of my stomach. Was this from Chris? Had he heard me in the hallway? Oh man, oh man, oh man, I'm in deep trouble. What? I would never. 
Time to save face. Denial was always the answer in these situations. But you said you would like to, didn't you, Greg? Who is this? I demanded. There was a blip at the bottom of the window. They were typing for a long time, which made me inherently anxious. Listen closely, Greg, and do as I tell you. We're going to play a game. The game will last less than 24 hours. If you do exactly what I tell you, then you'll win the game and be just fine. Now, I want you to stand up from where you are and go into your boss's office and shut the door. And then, I want you to choke him. Just until his face turns blue. Just for a little while. I laughed in disbelief. What in God's name was going on? No, you listen. I don't know who this is, but I don't appreciate the prank that you are pulling. I will not be doing that. And I will be turning this over to the IT department so they can track you down. The threat was empty, but hopefully enough to get them to leave me alone. I doubt Kevin in IT could track down a stapler, let alone whoever was messaging me. Suddenly a picture of my mother popped up in the chat window. She was in her kitchen slicing a cucumber on a cutting board. It looked like someone had taken it from the outside, from her front yard. You have three minutes to do it or I'm walking into your mother's house and putting two bullets into the back of her head. My mouth went dry and my heart raced. You wouldn't, I typed. Another picture uploaded to the chat. It was a picture of her stirring some rice at the stove with a wooden spoon and a gloved hand was holding a pistol with a silencer aimed at the window. Two minutes and 33 seconds. Tick tock, Greg. Static filled my brain. I didn't know what to do. I called his bluff and he assured me the threat was real. But would he actually pull the trigger and kill my mother? I wasn't sure, but I couldn't chance it. I walked to Chris's office. My knees were weak and my hands shook with fear. I stood in the doorway like a loon, unsure of how to speak. What do you want, Greg? I'm about to head into the board meeting. He regarded me with impatient irritation. I crossed the room to stand in front of him. Yes, he huffed. Tick tock, Greg. I leapt across the desk, tackling my supervisor to the floor. His eyes grew wide with shock as I wrapped my hands around his throat and squeezed. I'm so sorry, I cried, tears rolling down my cheeks as Chris struggled and thrashed beneath me. I didn't know when to stop. When was enough? How long was for a little while? His tongue bulged from his mouth. Blood vessels erupted in the whites of his eyes. And then finally, his face began to change to a purplish blue. I released my grip and jumped up from the floor. He began gasping for air like a fish out of water while I ran to the wastebasket on the other side of his desk and emptied out my stomach, retching into the bin. Security! Help! Security! He cried out in a hoarse voice from the ground. I sprinted from the office, down the hall, and into the elevator. As the doors closed, I could see my coworkers gather around the entrance of his office in concern. I paced back and forth as I descended, pulling my hands through my hair, desperately trying to get a grip on the situation. I had never been so panicked in my life. I'd never even put my hands on another human being in a violent way before. The elevator opened and I spilled out into the lobby, almost falling as I clambered out the front door. I ran as hard as I could until I reached my car at the side lot. I slid into the driver's seat and peeled out into the street. What the hell am I going to do? 
I don't have a job anymore, that's for sure. And surely building security was calling the police at this very moment. So much for Hawaii, I mumbled, trying my best not to cry. It was a selfish and petty thought, not really important in the grand scheme of things at the moment, but my heart still ached at the depth of that dream. A text alert flashed across my smartwatch. I checked my wrist. It was an unknown number, but in my gut, I knew exactly who it would be. I pulled off to park at a grocery store that sat right beside the interstate. Don't worry, Greg. You can still go to Hawaii. Check your bank account. How did he hear me? A shiver crept down my spine at the thought that the man tormenting me was omnipotent. I did as instructed and opened my bank account app. There was a new wire transfer for exactly $962. I couldn't believe it. It was the remainder I needed for my trip. I tried to steady my hands and punched a reply in the keypad of my phone. How did you know I needed that specific amount? What the hell is going on? What do you want from me? Relax, Greg. You were handpicked for this game. We've been watching you. I wasn't going to have you work for free today, though. Don't worry. There's plenty more money to be earned. I have another task for you. Fuck no. I'm calling the cops. Now, now, let's not get too hasty. This is a working relationship that requires trust. A new picture of my mother popped up on the screen. This time she was watching TV. There was a gas can and a blowtorch sitting ominously on the porch by the living room window. Don't hurt her. Drive to the coordinates I've dropped on your Google Maps. A notification appeared asking if I wanted to drive to this location now. I punched yes on the touchscreen. Okay, then what? There was no response. After a pause, I shifted the car in drive and followed the GPS. Over the next 14 minutes, I thought about my mother. I thought about my boss and the look on his face as I strangled him. Then I thought about who could be doing this to me. Was it just some sick game? Some rich guy getting off on my demise? Or was it someone I knew? Someone that wanted to punish me. You have arrived at your destination. I pulled into the lot of a dusty old gas station on the poor side of town. The exterior brick was crumbling in places and the shingled roof looked like it could blow away in the next good storm. There were bars over the windows and weeds growing up through the asphalt. My phone rang, causing me to nearly jump out of my skin. It was from an unknown number. Hello? Hello, Greg. A gruff voice answered. Who are you? What do you want from me? I blurted. Now, now. All in good time, Greg. Are you ready for the next task? Is my mom okay? She's healthy and safe for now. And if you want her to stay that way, you'll do exactly as I say. Reach under your seat and grab what's taped underneath. Let me know when you have it. I did as I was told and reached beneath the driver's seat. I could feel something ducked taped to the slide bar. With a couple of tugs, it came free. When I brought it to my lap, I gasped in surprise. I'll take it you found it then? He asked. Yeah, yes, I stammered. Good, it's a 38 revolver. It's loaded with hollow points. There is no safety, so don't put your finger on the trigger unless you intend to fire. A slight ringing resounded in my ears as I held the cold piece of steel. It was small but menacing. 
I'd never held a gun before. For the next part of the game, I want you to go inside the gas station, hold the clerk at gunpoint, and ask for all the money in the register. What? You want me to rob the place? Suddenly, I couldn't control the volume of my voice. Easy, Greg. The cashier is just an old woman. She won't put up a fight. I don't. I don't think I can. You will. Or the next picture I send you will be a picture of your mother's severed head. He hissed. I tried to swallow, but couldn't. My throat felt as if it were closing up. Okay, okay. I relented. Good boy. You have five minutes. Text me when it's done. Click. I placed the phone in my pocket and got out of the car, crossing my arms and doing my best to hide the gun under my armpit. My steps had never felt so heavy as I crossed the lot and into the store. The bell chimed as I entered, and the elderly clerk shot me a warm smile and a gentle wave when she heard me pass through the double doors. I smiled back and went over to a rack of magazines, thumbing through them nervously and trying to build up my courage. I don't think I can do this, I thought, glancing at my watch. Two minutes left, but I had to. I had no choice. I walked up to the front counter slowly. Hello, dear. What can I help you with today? Her wrinkled dimples beamed at me as a cross necklace swayed around her neck. I'm sorry, I muttered. Her pleasant expression quickly melted into a look of terror as I brought the revolver out from behind me and pointed her at her chest. Give me all the money from the register, I croaked. She threw her hands up and trembled fiercely. Now! I shouted. 60 seconds left. Okay, please just hold on. Don't shoot, she begged. The old woman fumbled her knobby fingers over buttons until the register popped open. She quickly grabbed all the bills from the tray and slapped them on the countertop. I pointed at a plastic bag with a gun, and she scooped the money into one and handed it to me. Thank you, I said, giving her an apologetic look before dashing out of the gas station and back to my car. As I fired up the engine, I could see her grabbing a phone from the wall, dialing the authorities, no doubt. I smashed the gas pedal and floored it out of the lot and onto the road. After I got a few miles away, I tossed the 38 into the passenger seat and reached for my phone. It's done, I texted. Good, new coordinates are dropping now. I accepted the location on the GPS, 27 minutes until reaching the destination. I prayed that the police wouldn't catch me before I got there. The route took me through the outskirts of town and into the country. Corn towered over the road like green barriers. I was careful not to speed so as not to draw unwanted attention. The last thing I needed was to be pulled over with a sack of money and a gun in my car. This entire time I had been in a state of shock and disbelief, almost denying that this was really happening and it was all a bad dream, that I'd wake up at any moment in my bed. But now I was starting to accept reality and truly appreciate the gravity of the situation I was in. My life was over, to put it bluntly. Even if I survived this game, I've committed serious crimes today, and there were more to come as I was sure of it. My cousin Ryan had been to prison. He told me about it once at a family get-together. The important thing was to never act like you were scared, he said. Even if you were on the inside, never show it. The problem was, I wasn't built for prison. I was 160 pounds, soaking wet, a toothpick. You have arrived at your destination, 
I pulled up to a tiny used car lot out in the middle of nowhere. Old, rusted Chevys sat rotting in the lot. There were a couple of nicer cars amongst the relics though. A pair of shiny Dodge Chargers looked amiss in the circle of junk. An alert crossed my phone screen for a new bank wire transfer of $5,000. I shook my head. It did nothing for me, like I'd ever be able to spend it. I'm here, I texted. The phone rang again. Yeah, what now? I spat. Ah, Greg, are you not enjoying our little game? The voice on the other side teased. No, no, I'm not. Understandable, I guess. Hard for someone that's lived such a vanilla life to enjoy the thrill. What the hell am I doing here? My fear was turning to anger, to impatience. Straight to business then. I want you to walk into the office of the car lot, take the money to the man who is working there and buy drugs with it. He's expecting you. The dealership is a front for drug trade and money laundering. You've got to be kidding me, I thought, shaking my head. And Greg? Yes? Take the gun just in case. Click. I spilled out of my Honda and tucked the gun into my waistband like I'd seen them do on TV, then grabbed the bag of cash and walked up to the office, which was more like a shack than anything. The door opened as I climbed the steps. A portly man with a long beard ushered me inside. Are you Greg? He asked. Yes, I'm here to pick up, I answered. Have a seat. He pointed at a rickety old office chair. I sat down as he did behind his desk. He reached into a drawer and pulled out a sandwich bag full of blue pills. I placed the sack of cash on his desk. How much is in there? He asked. I'm not sure, I shrugged. I never thought to count it. Jesus Christ, make me do everything, why don't you? He snarled, grabbing the sack and dumping it across the desk. He counted the bills in stacks. Once he was done, he slid me back two twenties. Keep it as a tip. He smiled and handed me the pills just as his phone rang. Yellow, he answered. I watched his smile slowly fade as I shoved the bag in my pocket. It quickly became a frown as he glanced at me multiple times. Yeah, I'll take care of it, he said as he hung up. Is there a problem? I asked. No, no, no problem. Say, I gotta use the head. Let me take a leak and then I'll walk you out. He smiled again, but I could tell it wasn't genuine. His eyes were different. I stood and looked out the only window, watching the tassels of the corn sway in the breeze from across the street. Ding, I checked my phone. He should be in the bathroom now, retrieving a gun from under the sink. I told him you were a cop and undercover. He's going to shoot you, Greg. Don't run, there isn't time. Kill or be killed, the choice is yours. Just as I finished reading the text, I heard the bathroom door click and start to open. I didn't have time to think before a bullet whizzed over my shoulder. I dove behind the desk and fumbled for the revolver in my waistband. I nearly dropped it as two more rounds struck through the desk, narrowly missing my head. The man shot several more times. One grazed my leg, causing me to cry out in pain. When he finally stopped to reload, I popped over the desk and blindly emptied all five rounds from the cylinder. He crumpled to the floor as two hit his chest. I got incredibly lucky. Over the ringing in my ears, I could hear a strange sucking noise as he tried to breathe through punctured lungs. I watched him twitch and rattle for a moment before he went completely still. I lost it. I screamed over and over again until my throat was raw. Finally, 
I came to my senses and barreled through the door and back to my car. Gravel spun out from the tires as I took off, speeding through the back roads. I squeezed the steering wheel so hard my knuckles were white. My breathing was ragged as adrenaline pulsed through my body. My cell phone rang. Fuck you! I shouted as I answered it. Oh, Greg, I didn't mean anything by it. I just had to make the game a little more challenging, that's all. What do you want from me? I started to sob then. We're almost done here. I just wired 20 grand over to your bank. Isn't that nice? You lived and got a big payday. He chuckled. I don't give a shit about the money. I cried. Keep it together, Greg. The game is almost over. This is your last task. Click. Google Maps buzzed in my hand. I accepted the new location, 52 minutes away. I drove, but this time I thought about nothing, nothing at all. My mind was filled with white noise and my eyelids were so heavy. My body pleaded for rest after all the adrenaline had exhausted my system. It took all I had not to crash along the way. You have arrived at your destination. I parked next to the front entrance of a church. The sign on the wall read, Everbright, a church of the brethren. I could tell right away I wasn't going to like this last task. I sent a text to the psychopath letting him know I was here. After a moment, I received a reply that said, Good. Now take two of those pills and come inside. I pulled out the bag of bright blue pills and stared at them. What would these do to me? It didn't matter, I decided. My life was already over. I grabbed the warm can of sparkling water from my cup holder and swallowed two pills as instructed before heading inside. Once I was through the entrance, I stood in a grand foyer. The ceiling was at least 15 feet high and all the walls were painted black. Candles were lit in canisters along the wall, flickering against the sheen on the charcoal paint. Brother Greg! A tall man in black robes emerged from one of the rooms. Do I know you? I asked, suddenly feeling woozy. I'm Brother Nathaniel. I've just been dying to meet you all day. He extended his long and slender hand. I shook it. His palms were so soft, but his grip was incredibly strong, and his voice seemed familiar. I'm sorry, but who are you? My words were slurred, almost as if I were drunk. We've been talking on the phone all day. I really enjoyed our little game, he grinned, revealing a mouthful of horribly crooked teeth. I stumbled backward, startled from the revelation. Confusion melted away quickly, though, as rage roiled in my gut. I leapt forward and swung at the man, but was so off balance from the drugs that I almost fell to the ground. Nathaniel caught me and twisted me into an embrace. I struggled against him, but he held me firmly. He was so strong. Now, now, Greg, it's almost over. He whispered and kissed the top of my head. The world spun in a blur as he led me into the worship room of the church. It was a grand room with high arching ceilings. Decorative beams trailed every corner. There were rows of pews filled with people in black robes. I stumbled down the aisle, only upright due to Nathaniel's guidance. Dozens of blank stares watched me as I grew closer to the front. I came to a large altar of solid oak that was so polished I could almost see my reflection in it. Red candles circled it, and rose petals littered the floor in a pentagram pattern. Priestess, the supplicant is ready, 
Nathaniel spoke, catching me as I fell again. Good, have him presented at the altar. The time grows near. A woman in white robes spoke out from beneath her hood. The voice was so familiar. Is that? No, it couldn't be. She pulled back her hood to let it rest against her shoulders. It was, it was her. Mom? I was bewildered and downright shook. How? Why? I had so many questions, but the drugs made my tongue feel impossibly fat in my mouth. I couldn't get the words out. My sweet boy, I'm so proud of you. She smiled and caressed my cheek with the palm of her hand. I don't, I don't understand, I slurred. You have been promised to the one we serve, committed since birth. This is a great honor, my son. You will bring him into the world. Glory be to his name. Amen, the congregation echoed. What? What? I could hardly think. My heart was beating out of my chest as they laid me down onto the slab of wood. The time has come. The dark one is at the gate. I can feel his presence. She shouted eagerly to the congregation. I could hear them chatter and clap. The sound bounced around in my skull. Suddenly an intense pain streaked across my abdomen. I wailed and clutched my belly. My mother, the priestess, waved her hand across me and laughed with joy. He knocks, she cried. My mother then leaned down and stroked my hair. Tears of joy streamed down her face. You see, my son, we had to ready the vessel for his arrival. You were too innocent before. But after Nathaniel had you play the game that I had invented for you, you became unclean. Your morals were washed away and your soul was tarnished. We had to elicit a certain amount of corruption within you so that the master could come through the gate. Mom, why? I sobbed. She didn't answer, only kissed my forehead and stood at my side, chanting. Soon the entire congregation began chanting, repeating her words in a language I didn't understand. Unbearable pain ravaged my body as I squirmed on the altar. I begged and pleaded, but it fell on deaf ears. I pulled up my shirt and saw my skin pull from one direction to the other, like an elastic putty. I could feel something shredding my intestines with tooth and claw. Blood rose in my throat, threatening to kill me by asphyxiation. With one mighty push, a massive black claw erupted from my stomach. Blood spurted from my mouth as I gave one final cry. The last thing I saw was my mother, the twisted joy on her face, before everything went black. I slipped into the vastness of the void, and there was nothing.